1: full house friday everybody angela bowen here the host of oh my lanta holy chalupas an unofficial full house fuller house podcast i am angela bowen and today i am bringing you for the month of march kicking off the new series for march entitled danny's career ladder journey yes I figured in honor of the passing of Bob Saget, I would be covering Danny's career ladder journey. Kicking things off with basically three episodes. The first one, of course, being Knock Yourself Out. This is season one, episode seven, which aired on October 30th, 1987. After this, I will also be covering season one, episode... (laughs) I <laughs> gotta find it here. Psst, psst, psst. Episode 12, our very first promo. Yeah, these first two episodes take place. It's Danny being a sportscaster. And then we're going to jump all the way to the end of Season 3 with Season 3, Episode 24, our very first telethon, where he and Becky are the co-hosts of Wake Up San Francisco. And they are raising money for... The station. I thought they were raising money for another cause. Um, I thought they were raising money for education. Maybe they're not. Okay. (laughs) I swear that they were raising money for kids or something. I don't know. It's been, like I said, it's been a while since I've seen these episodes. Usually that's why I like to put a lot of distance between me and the episodes I'm going to cover for the podcast. So, let's get back to Knock Yourself Out. While broadcasting a national fight, Danny let some information about the fighter's home life slip out that could get him in a lot of trouble. Well, who, Danny or Reggie the Sandman Jack? Uh, what's his, is it Reggie the Sandman, what is his name? Reggie the Sandman something, well, me, hold on, let's find out. What does it say here? Reggie the Sandman Martin, okay. All right, here we go. Meanwhile, on the home front, Joey and Jesse worry when Michelle develops a cough. Yes, of course, you know when baby, you know, speaking as not a parent of my, you know, myself, but you know, when babies get sick, they cannot tell you what's going on. You just have to go based on you know what are their symptoms v- visually. You know, they're not so much you know visually what's on the outside, like are they coughing. You know, does the nose run, or they got watery eyes, or, um, I don't know, are they running a temp, you know, all those, all those little things here and there. So, also, if you want to watch Full House, since it's not on Hulu, and if you don't have the DVDs, HBO Max does have it. So, yeah. Alright, this episode's got a 7.1 out of 10, based on 337 ratings. And we have the wonderful Ernie Hudson, who, <laughs> who you may know from the Ghostbusters movies. He's been in quite a lot of stuff. Uh, Ghostbusters, he played Winston. Let's see, what else has he done? He's done a bit of stuff. Oh, he's also done voice work. Awesome. What was the, the one in particular Um, from the 90s uh, psychological thriller called... The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Oh, it looks like he was in multiple episodes of Modern Family. Oh, that's cool. Cool, cool. Good for him. All right, we also have Eddie Barth playing Lou, uh, Reggie's manager. And Brian Kale, <laughs> one of the reporters for... Let's uh, been one of the other reporters for another news station. Alright, this episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Writers, Jeff Franklin, and apparently only Jeff Franklin for this episode. Oh, we got connections? Okay, cool, cool. Joey, The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow from 19... Oh my gosh, that movie, Annie, came out in 82 also? That also shares, you know, I'm turning 40 this year, and now Annie is turning 40 this year, the movie. I don't know if there are any annies out there that are turning forty this year. Also, if there are, happy birthday to you. <laughs> okay, we got the A Team. When Jesse suggests the violence in wrestling, the girls say, Hey, let's go watch reruns of the eighteen The A Team. Why do you think the A Team? The A Team. Well the thing is, I probably did watch reruns of that, you know, growing up. But the way that she says, let's go watch reruns of the eight team or whatever. I didn't know what I thought in my mind. Like it was something that was more violent than what boxing would be. Let's see. Do we have any? We got user reviews. We got trivia. All right. Let's jump on that trivia. When working on the music for his lyrics, Jesse incorrectly cites Beethoven Bo- Beethoven, Beethoven as having said, It don't come easy. Ringo Starr actually said this in the namesake song, It Don't Come Easy, which was released as a non-album single in ni- uh, April of 1971. The song was written by Starr and former Beatles bandmate George Harrison and in night... I'm sorry, I'm yawning. It's like going out at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> And in 1971, it reached number four on the UK singles chart and the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Ernie Hudson appeared in the Ghostbusters movies. Dave Coolia was the voice of Peter Venkman on the real... I forgot to turn off my... I thought I had turned this off. The um thingamajig where do not disturb stuff, especially when I'm podcasting. <laughs> Uh, um, the real Ghostbusters while he played Joey. On- oh, really? At the same time? Wasn't he also the voice of Animal on Muppet Babies? I think he might have been. Alright, do we got any goofs? We have zero goofs. So, let's go to the user reviews. Alright, we got, oh, wow, we got two. Okay, 6 out of 10, Danny Tanner's big chance may be a big mistake. This is from January 13, 2014 by Calanvis. Warning spoilers. Danny Tanner gets a chance of a lifetime to cover a boxing event. During the event, he accidentally reveals private information about boxer Reggie the Sandman. Actually, Wife leaving him. Reggie flips his lid <laughs> like this morning and Danny becomes a laughingstock. Meanwhile, Jesse and Joey are forced to be the in- incumbent babysitters for the night. Unfortunately for them, things get worse when they have to treat Michelle's cold. This is another episode that is a bit too corny for my liking. It definitely has moments of entertainment and but it is instantly forgettable you can't help but laugh at some of the ludicrous scenarios especially danny's situation it just got to the point where i rolled my eyes bob saget's interview segment with the sandman grew increasingly aggravating How was it that danny got to continue being on the air after that inexcusable mishap Ernie Hudson is terrific as the eccentric boxer. I also like Jesse and Joey's storyline with Michelle. Watching them try to help Michelle feel better was amusing. DJ and Stephanie don't have much to do in this one. I thought this episode was watchable, but not great. Too many hits and misses. So, yeah, honestly, that's right. They The girls do not have a lot to do. It seems like they kind of skedaddle after DJ says, hey, let's go upstairs and watch reruns of The A-Team. Alright, 6 out of 10 Fighting a Cold. This is by Mitch RMP. This is from December 5th, 2013. Let me uh, take a... Mm. There we go. Some liquid uh... (laughs) something or other. It's Diet Coke. Come on. You You know me. I'm not drinking no alcoholic beverages. When I'm podcasting and when I'm not, I'm not drinking that stuff. And nothing against those that do. All right. <clears throat> let's go. Danny has a national fight to cover for his job. Jesse and Joey stay home with the kids to watch the fight. Michelle serves coughing, worrying her two babysitters. Danny lets the truth slip out that the wrestler's wife has moved out and is filing for divorce. He gets pretty bad. Reggie the Sandman, not Danny. <laughs> Let me make that clear. When a fight breaks out, a tie-tack Stephanie made for her father saved him from being hurt. Yes. Thank goodness for that plaster-molded tie-tack, it? It's really colorful, too, by the way. Very beautiful. The cuteness continues as Jesse and Joey figure out the parenting thing. Michelle has her first cold. Well... Not necessarily her first cold, but it's the first with Jesse and Joey trying to figure out how to combat this. With the help of a doctor, because they do call her doctor. And are told to give Michelle cough medicine, you know, from her last cold. Which, check the expiration date, because you don't know when her last cold was. Make sure, if that stuff's expired, you throw it out. You throw it out. You do not use expired cough medicine or medication of any kind no matter how bad it is the cough medicine episode made it into later flashback episodes too i believe yeah that's right with the baby love episode when jesse's trying to cheer up michelle you see like almost every scene between jesse and michelle and michelle in general up to that point this episode is not one of my favorites except for the michelle stuff it was pretty boring well, you know, both these, you know, I, I guess you could say it's a take it or leave it episode up to the viewer, of course. I mean, I like it. I think it's funny. I haven't seen it what feels like in years. But then again, for the sake of the podcast, I guess I'd like to distance myself from these so I can get my <clears throat> real more honest reactions. All right. So before I officially get into the episode, I wanted to let the Tanner newbies, those that are just jumping on the tra- Tanner train, the podcast train for the first time, I want to say welcome, and I'm getting that podcast voice now. My voice is getting really raspy. It happens when you've been podcasting for over an hour and a half, (laughs) maybe less time. So I want to let you know, first of all, this is a family-friendly podcast. You can listen to it with your children around. You can listen to it on a speaker. You don't kind of worry about me dropping S-bombs, F-bombs, H-bombs any any bomb verbal assaults of any kind i'm not doing that because i want those of you whether you grow up grew up with the original show and fuller house or not i want you to be able to enjoy this podcast without that interference of bad words yeah also another thing about this podcast is I don't go in order of episode air dates. I don't go season by season, episode by episode. I like to do themes. It's so fun. January's just gotten over with, well, almost a month, almost two months ago, honestly. <laughs> and I did the, you know, I reserved January for Jesse. That's Jesse's month, Uncle Jesse's month. And I did Jesse, you know, Jesse and the girls. Covered that. Valentine's Day is... Here and gone, and I covered the dating disasters, you know, triple feature or series, and now in March I'm going to be covering Danny's career letter career letter journey, and then in April to celebrate this podcast three year anniversary, I am finally after three years covering the serious episodes of Full House. That means I'm covering Just Say No Way from Season 3, Shape Up from Season 4, Silence Is Not Golden from Season 6, Under the Influence, Season 8, and also Stephanie's Wild Ride also from Season 8. So there's five episodes there to look forward to. Also in April, Candace Cameron's birthday, I did decide that I am going to cover an episode from Fuller House, which is, I think it's DJ's 40th. Birthday, Amazing Race, something something to that effect. I can't remember the actual title off the top of my head. So I am actually going to be doing a separate mini episode in regards to I finally went through all the episodes of Full House to see what I still have not done. And I put them all into categories. And I, as far as Full House goes, I will most likely be finishing... Full House, sometime, you know what, I'm just going to look it up right now because I spent a bit of time throwing this whole thing together. Let's see, Full House podcast schedule going all the way to the end, October 2023, the podcast finale, at least for Full House, is Michelle Rides Again Parts 1 and 2. That does not mean the podcast is over because there are episodes of Fuller House that I have not covered. I will be covering on occasion episodes of Fuller House, you know, for cast members, birthdays, and whatever, you know, comes up and stuff. But that means probably after that point, anything I haven't covered is just going to be in order of, you know, episodes in the season that I haven't covered in just an order like that. So, and then when that is done... Yeah, that's, um, you know what, I could probably cover some Stephanie books, uh, stuff like that. You know, I'm not going to end the podcast. We'll just kind of, you'll see how this is my main one that I focus on. So, my main uh, family friendly one. So, all right. Also, if you want to email the podcast, the podcast. To, If you want to let me know what your, who your favorite characters are of either Full House or Fuller House, top favorite episodes of either show, worst episodes of either show, like there would be one, there's always one that's a little, you know, weak sauce, and some that are more awesome sauce. You can email the podcast at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support the podcast, I don't do Patreon. I want to give this service to you absolutely free and clear. But if you want to support it in other ways, like leaving a review for the podcast, you can go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, search Full House or, or Fuller House, the All Atlanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Click on it, scroll to the bottom where it says leave a review, click on that and leave a review. You can use emojis, you can tell me your favorite character, favorite episode, which character you related to growing up, or even as an adult... All five stars for the podcast do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans, new and old, like yourselves. So, yeah, definitely leave a review. The podcast does have social media pages on Facebook. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast, and you will see the Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas Full House Fuller House Podcast. Follow it. That way you'll know which podcast. Set of series of episodes I'm doing each month. Also on Instagram at omhc Full House Fuller House Podcast and Twitter at omhc Full House. All right, without further ado, let's jump into the first episode of Danny's career letter journey, or I'll just probably call it career journey. Knock yourself out. And, of course, Season 1, I don't believe, has cold opens. They jump into that in Season 2. So, let's just jump right into the episode. Alright, so we open up the episode. We come out of the intro. We are in Michelle's room. Of course, Season 1, so Michelle's an infant. She can't talk. And, (coughs) excuse me. (coughs) I did not mean to cough in front of the microphone. Danny... Tells Michelle, wish daddy good luck, honey. It's a big night for me. Yes, he's going to be doing his first sports interview. And Danny says, daddy's getting ready for a tryout as color man for the big fight. I don't know what that is. What is color man? And he says, cable TV nationwide. <sighs> Michelle just looks indifferently. Eh. She's not even looking at Danny, cause um, the, one, <laughs> the Olsen baby is looking off-screen at her mother, probably. Even Danny finally realizes Michelle's like not interested. He's like, "Yes, I see how impressed you are." Okay, um, yeah, I'm having a hard time believing that. Well, wait a minute. No, because this is episode seven. <coughs> And I thought there was an earlier episode. I'm trying to think of the one where I think it's. Okay, I gotta look it up. Let me grab the DVD. Because this is not the right one. Where's. Here it is. Here it is. Here. Okay. Um. Bum bum bum. Bum bum. Daddy's home. Okay, so. Danny is concerned that he's not spending enough time with the girls, and Michelle is now calling. You know, every parent, I'm sure, waits for the day when their child will be able to, you know, recognize and identify them out loud. Dada, or mama. And, of course, yeah, she does say dada, but she doesn't say it to Danny. She says it to Jesse and Joey. But at the very end of the episode of that episode, Danny's putting Michelle to bed, and just as he goes to turn out the light, she says, Da da! And okay, so now I, okay, so she is, I can believe it now. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> for a bit, they were kind of ADRing her mumbling words or something like that. He says, because he sits, he sits her, he does not lay her in her crib. He sits her down in her crib. And immediately she's got her hands like, eh," like, you know, pick me up again. And Danny says, Michelle, I'd love to give you a hug, sweetie, but 20 million people will be watching me on air. And he says, and I just as soon them not see your cookies on my shoulder. Well, then get a burp rag, Danny. There's plenty of them in her room. Or, you could take your suit jacket off. Lay it down on something. Or if she spits up on your shoulder on your shirt, oh, no one's gonna see it, because you're putting your suit jacket over it, so. When they cut to Michelle, she has this, like... She goes, oh. like she's <clears throat> visibly disappointed. Like he basically, like here she, eh, I want a hug. And he's like, well, honey, I can't really, I, ne, twenty million people, I really, I can't. And she just puts her finally, it's he like, well, I've held my hands long, like, oh, like the longest sad sigh in the world. <laughs> like, okay, cause you're not gonna pick me up and give me a hug. And Danny's like, okay, do you promise everything inside of you is going to stay inside? Danny, she's a baby. She can't make that promise. First of all, she can only say, dada. And she's still, you know, regurgitating. You know, she's still learning how to keep things down, like, after she eats stuff. That's, you know, just a baby for you. They do that stuff. It'd <laughs> be funny if she said, I, I can't make that promise. But she finally like, eh, puts her hands back up, like, pick me up, pick me up. Danny finally relents. He's like, okay. So he goes to put his arms in there to take her out. She goes, you know, um, sorry. <laughs> I mean, actually burp. Um, Yeah, she she burps and he's like, okay, this is just a preview, isn't it? So yes, he puts the, as he refers to it as a baby dribble guard on his shoulder and pulls Michelle out of a crib.
2: Daddy luck, honey. It's a big night. Daddy's getting a tryout as color man for the big fight. Cable TV nationwide? Yes, I see how impressed you are. Oh. There you go. Mm. Michelle, I'd love to give you a hug, but 20 million people will be watching me, and I just assume them not see your cookies on my shoulder. Do oh, you so. promise everything inside of you is going to stay inside of you?
1: <laughs> so defeated. Ah. Okay. Ugh. Okay.
2: That's a preview, isn't it? Okay, baby dribble guard. <laughs> Come here.
1: Okay, so Danny comes down the stairs with Michelle's baby dribble guard on his shoulder as Jesse... Is trying and failing once again to come up with a hit song. He does this throughout the show. We realize that. And it's just, it's not good. So he wants to test out some lyrics with Danny. Oh no, actually, he doesn't even know that Danny's even entered the living room because he's bent down, you know, writing lyrics and, you know, musical notes and whatnot on a pad of paper. he's, he's Writing music, you know this because he's wearing those giant 80s glasses. You know, I like, like, later in season four, when he gets those really nice, like, brownish gold specked thin glasses, white or just, they're really gorgeous, and they complement everything about him. These big 80s glasses, not so much. But it seemed like almost every mom in the 80s, every TV mom in the 80s from, let's see, Angela Bauer from Who's the Boss, Marsha Owens from Mr. Belvedere, even Maggie Seaver from Growing Pains, they all had these, like, humongous eyeglasses that literally went from the eyebrow down to the middle of the cheek. It was unsightly, I swear. It was not good. I, he's like, all right, all right, all right. And Jesse or Danny comes in he's like, <clears> and I love how Jesse just takes his glasses off and says, looking up at Danny's, like, may I help you? Like you are, thank you, Danny. I just lost that train of thought. Thank you. So Danny wants Jesse, he wants his Jesse's opinion on his you know attire. Like what do you think? And Danny still got that burp guard, the old dribble guard thing on his shoulder and Jesse's like, "Hey, that's great if you're you're planning on burping one of the boxers." <laughs> and of course Danny says, "A good sportscaster is ready for anything." There's a patch, a red patch, circular patch on Danny's suit jacket pocket it looks like jcb which i don't know what that stands for but above that says sports and then i can't see you know if i took the subtitles off for a hot second maybe i could tell what the other but i'm not gonna waste my time in yours doing that oh jesse is so excited like all right listen this all right i picked up the perfect tune for the lyrics here for the song that i'm writing what is it that Roger Radcliffe says from 101 Dalmatians? He says... What do you How does it go? Like... Like, music first and then the lyrics or something to that effect? Melody first and then the lyrics? So Jess- Oh, this is really cool. Listen to this song. Jesse's singing this song and Danny immediately takes this tune. And what does he start singing on top of old Smoky? I love how he does that, like on top of old Smoky, covered with snow. <laughs> I can only imagine there's got to be thousands or hundreds of thousands of songs with the word smoke in it. Smoke gets in your eyes. Smoky mountain rain. Smoke Rings in the Dark, isn't that a song? Is that how that goes? Blowing smoke rings in the dark, smoking cigarettes, watching Captain Kangaroo playing with a deck of 51 or something. Isn't that how that, whatever that song's called? I don't know why, but I had that in my I was watching something and someone was playing solitaire, and that immediate that song popped into my head of playing solitaire with a deck of 51. Jesse stands up after he stops playing, he's like, you realize there are only seven notes. And then he quotes Beethoven saying, not the dog Beethoven, but, you know, the pianist. He says, Beethoven was right when he said, it don't come easy. I'm pretty sure he didn't say it exactly like that. If he even said it at all, he probably didn't. (laughs) Even Danny's questioning Jesse! Beethoven said, it don't come easy. Was it Beethoven in the in the 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 era of the big giant white powdered wigs and the fancy talk, like pre Downton Abbey? Probably. <laughs> you ask anybody today when they think of the name Beethoven, do they think of the pianist or do they think of the Saint Bernard? How many do you think are gonna think of the dog? Yeah. So here's what Jesse says. Well, I mean, he said it in German. Sure, Jess. Yeah. Yeah, he did say that, didn't he? Not. Huh. Anyone that grew up in the 90s that was just a thing that everyone was like using the word NOT like at the end of a sentence. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like your shirt. It's really cool. NOT! <laughs>
2: Jesse, what do you think? Are you planning on burping one of the boxers? <laughs> A good sports caster is ready
3: for anything. Very nice. All right, listen, I picked up the perfect tune for the lyrics here. This is really cool. Listen to the song. not looking for another. Walked around the door. I thought that you'd me.
2: Good as my heart. On top of old smokey. All covered with snow.
3: There are only seven notes. Beethoven was right when he said it don't come easy.
2: (laughs) Beethoven said it don't come easy? Well, he said it in German.
1: (laughs) Here comes Joey. But he's got, like, his nighttime clothes on. He's got the boxer shorts, the t-shirt, and he's wearing a robe like that pretty much qualifies him to be fully dressed. I gotta throw a robe on my bedtime clothes. I'm good. It's not inappropriate at all. So, he's got... These are the coolest looking oven mitts ever. There's one that's got tiger stripes, and there's the other one that's got zebra stripes. And he's like... Joey's like pretending to be a boxer with the... You know, pretending to oven mitts or boxing gloves. He's getting right in Jesse's face. Because Jesse's like sitting on the couch with his guitar. Joey's like... I want you! I want you! Like, dude! Like, right in Jesse's face. And eventually... Jesse just is like, can we stop? Like, he, like, finally stands up and <laughs> towers over Joey, like, you want to continue this? Or do you want to stop now? Thank you. <laughs> well, Joey immediately backs off, takes off the the mints. is like, sorry, I'll, I'll behave. He is just such a big kid. <laughs> okay, let's clarify, what you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. (coughs) my goodness. Mm. Joey is not wearing boxer shorts. He is wearing like khaki shorts with a belt. And then some type of, it's not a brand name t-shirt. It's like a kid like drew a picture of giraffes and someone like copied it onto a t-shirt. Jesse, he's like, oh, you are such a baby. He walks just a little bit past Joey and then takes, Jesse takes his hand and just kind of like flicks Joey up <laughs> the back of the head and just takes off. <laughs> and then Joey calls Jesse a long-haired hippie punk. I'm so happy that Joey got that basement apartment because it's a lot better than looking at that alcove that's got a folded up cot, a giant Mr. Potato Head, a, oh, there's a Cabbage Patch doll on the stereo. Well, it was, I mean, it looks like one, but it's dressed like a football player. There's a stop sign, there's a planet, there's the mannequin that is always dressed like Joey, same shirt, and he's wearing a trucker hat that, didn't Ashton Kutcher make trucker hats popular in the early aughts when that show punk came out? So, Joey tells Danny, oh, I am so proud of you, Danny. Ever since you were sports editor of our high school newspaper. Well, I didn't know that, you, well, I, I didn't know that Danny was into journalism. I mean, we do learn over the course of the show that Danny was in track. You know, I thought it was, like, wasn't it like, cross-country, like, running and stuff like that, and... Like, the high jump and all that stuff. You know, you had that dream. And Danny says, the one about Sharon Campbell? And Joey says, no. Everybody had that dream. Who's this Sharon Campbell? (laughs) Yeah, because he asked, like, the one about Sharon Campbell? And Joey says, no, not that dream. Every guy in high school had that dream. She sounds like she is, like, some unattainable girl that every guy wants to, you know, go out with. Kind of like Winnie Cooper from The Wonder Years. Kevin Arnold, like, built her up so much in his mind, and we only see it from his point of view that this girl is just so unattainable and just so wholly desirable that she almost doesn't seem real. Like, she's too perfect for words. I I don't know anything about Sharon Campbell, but it just seems like, yeah. I mean, you know, I went to, you know, high school, you know, there were girls that were really popular and pretty and everything, and, you know, guys would talk like, oh, I want to go out with her and everything, it just, because, I mean, there were pretty girls that were popular, but they were, you know, they were nice, but then there were other ones that were popular that maybe weren't so nice. And Joey reminds Danny, like, no, I'm talking about your dream about making it as a sportscaster. Yeah, and just, we hear, you know, Danny is going, you know, you're going from local news to coast to coast. I mean, that is a big deal. And Danny tells him, thanks. Puts a hand on Joey's shoulder and says, and your dream about being a comic? I promise, one day, I won't be the only one who finds you funny. Well... People he got on Star Search. He opened for Wayne Newton in in Vegas or whatever. I mean that's pretty good. I mean he got. I mean that one time that he w- I haven't covered yet where Phyllis Diller uh, basically cuts into Joey's comedy set at some <laughs> some place. Just yeah, he's about ready to go on. And then all of a sudden, Phyllis Diller's in the crowd, and then the guy who's running the comedy hour is just like, oh my gosh, Phyllis? Phyllis Diller? I'm like, come on, everybody, let's get Phyllis Diller up here. And it's just, like, her jokes, like, because Stephanie and DJ are there, and of course they're not going to find Phyllis Diller's jokes funny. Because they're children. All right, Danny, I'm
0: ready.
2: (laughs) I want you, poof. I want you, poof, poof. Second round, you're going down, poof, poof,
0: poof, poof. Yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll behave.
1: <laughs> yeah, <You're> right. <coughs> oh, did he hit him outside of the head, dude? You're such a
0: baby. <laughs> Long-haired hippie punk. <laughs>
2: Danny, I got to tell you, I am so proud of you. Ever since you were sports editor of our high school newspaper, you had that dream. The one about Sharon Campbell? <laughs> no, not that dream. Every guy in high school had that dream.
0: <laughs> no,
2: I mean your dream about making it as a sportscaster. Tonight you go from local news to coast to coast. knock 'em dead. Thanks. And your dream about being a comic? I promise you, one day, I won't be the only one who thinks you're funny
1: i don't know why i thought that dj and stephanie would be in bed just because michelle is in bed because you know little kids they go to bed early because here come dj and stephanie downstairs like, oh wait dad don't hold on don't go yet and stephanie's like, whoa 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 like they're trying to catch him at the door it's like they got gifts they brought gifts you got five seconds to stop and open your gifts right danny Not to mention, especially if it's gonna be on TV, and you want to get a gift. I mean, the gift is gonna be on TV. You think I got my dad that gift? That's mine. I picked that out. (laughs) So DJ says, "We got some stuff for you for good luck." Guess what this? Cause she's like, "Guess what this is?" Cause she's holding a flat, thin box. And of course, Stephanie's like, "I die!" And DJ looks at Stephanie's like. Stephanie, she says, Steph, you knew, <laughs> Stephanie, says, oh yeah, <laughs> Stephanie is wearing wine green yarn bows in her hair and just looks so cute. I remember in the sisterly love episode with the Mr. Uh, Oatboat commercial. Or the old boat commercial. Serial commercial. And she had on the yellow yarn ribbons, which also so cute. Okay, um, DJ does not need to be wearing a black yarn ribbon. Why did they put that in her hair? Choose any other color but that. Because it doesn't go with anything that she's wearing, which is basically just a... What kind of pink is that? It's like a... Not a coral pink, but I don't know. Anyway, it's just it's unflattering. Stephanie points at Danny says, Danny, now you guess. Uh I have no idea. And Stephanie says, it's a tie, remember? Firstly, the tie that DJ gives Danny is red it's kind of a a red wine color with silver stripes, thin stripes running through. Looks a lot better than the tie he has on, which just is like a slate gray color. No not maybe not even slate gray. I don't know my colors, you know, when it comes to different shades of certain colors. But it's just it's very unappealing. I get he's got a gray suit jacket with thin white stripes running through it. But no, that tie would look a lot better with this. Especially because of that red like sports on his suit jacket pocket, that tie would match that. So he's like, yeah, I'm so surprised. I'm going to wear this tonight. I'm like, well, they gave it to you, may as well. And, of course, Stephanie has a surprise, too. Adorable little bear box, gift box that she has. Stephanie's is a homemade gift. It honestly looks like... Something probably made in our class. It looks like it could be a cross between a plaster coaster or some form of tie-dye cookie. Now that he holds it up, it is more kind of, uh, kind of squarish looking than circular. It's rainbow colored too. It's got like red and yellow and kind of mixed with orange. And then you got like a couple shades of purple and then blue and then like a light blue. And Danny, of course, he doesn't know what to make. He's not even sure what that is. He's like, this is great. This is, uh, yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, he's trying to, you know, being polite. He's not going to like, I don't know what this is. He's not going to say that. Luckily, DJ comes to the rescue and helps him out. Like, oh, dad, don't you like your nice new tie tack? Even before DJ tells Danny and everyone else what it is, Joey's like, that's the most beautiful one of those I've ever seen. <laughs> so, yeah, let's make things even more uh, awkward here. Like, Stephanie asked Danny, like, try it on, Daddy. Like, uh, let's see how that attaches. And Danny says, of course I'm going to try it on. And he looks to, like, put it in a pocket or something, because I don't know if it's got anything on the back that can attach it to it. Maybe it does. Stephanie made it. She would know. Yeah, here comes DJ to the rescue. Isn't that a cool tie tap tad? <laughs> love about Danny puts a hand on yeah, DJ's shoulders he says, God bless you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like I was running on fumes trying to figure out what to do with this and what to call it. And then he you know, he turns to Stephanie he says, Oh Steph, I love this. Thank you thank you girls so much. And they're all You're welcome. Okay, yeah, he's a, Jesse comes in, I guess he's been spending this time figuring out his seven chord song. Alright, I got it, I finally got it. Listen to this, right? This baby, it's hit bound. Listen to this. And it's another tune that sounds very similar to something else. The thing is with Jesse's singing is his guitar playing is louder than his voice. So he needs to, I mean, his voice is good for ballads, but if I can't hear you over your guitar playing, something's got to be either lowered, like the guitar playing's got to be quieter, or your voice needs to get louder, one or the other. Go oh, with, this land is your land, this land is my land. You know that song, yep. We all sang it in elementary school in the 90s. Well, America the Beautiful... Uh, This Land is Our Land. Gosh, what other song? There, uh, there are a bu- bunch of songs he sang his children in music class. And Jesse is just, like, exhaling. Like, oh, I'm oh. okay, never going to come up with a hit that sounds original.
0: Wait, yeah, hold on. Don't go yet. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we got some stuff for you for good luck. Guess what this is? A
1: tie! <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> hey, Steph, you knew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Daddy, now you guys
2: I-, I give up. It's
0: a tie, remember?
2: <laughs> uh, oh, a tie! <laughs> I'm so surprised. <laughs> this is beautiful. I'm going to wear this tonight. I got you
0: surprise too, Daddy.
2: Oh, uh, I love surprises. Oh, this is great. Thank you for the, um...
1: Tie-dye cookie? <laughs> it, looks so good. it looks almost like a heart, really. It's
2: the most beautiful <laughs> one of those I've ever seen. Try it
1: on, Daddy. There's seven. She looks like a feeling for Of course for I'm going to
2: try it on. Oh,
1: I... <laughs> He's trying to figure out where to put it.
0: Hi, Tap Dad. God bless you. <laughs> Steph, I love this. Thank you, girls. You're welcome. All right, I finally got it. This baby is <coughs> hit. <mouse with> <laughs>
1: so it's later that night everyone's getting ready to watch the boxing man well danny's interview with reggie the sandman and he's like coming right up girls just getting some snacks jesse's getting the snacks and dj pops her head down the stairs in the into the kitchen says hey we're gonna we change your minds and we're watching the fight upstairs which why don't you just watch it downstairs what are you watching it upstairs on your little tv so he's got a bag of potato chips. Half a bag of potato chips. Uh, something that looks like it could be tortilla chips. So now Jesse's going over to the fridge. Oh yeah, he's got six packs of soda. So everyone except for Joey gets two. Oh, he heads up the stairs and here comes Stephanie because she's got a request. While you're still in the kitchen, Uncle Jesse, can you also grab his arm... He's got everything tucked under one arm. I, oh, good, I get it. <laughs> you want to watch, eat something while you're watching. That's, but potato chips, ice cream, ugh. I think those are like corn chips or pork rinds or something, along with potato chips and orange soda. I take it they're not going to need spoons. They're just going to, like, <laughs> take gobs of ice cream in their bare hands and shove it in their mouth. Bowl and a spoon. Yes, that would make sense. <laughs> he is running out uh, of arms here. Arms and hands. So, luckily, there are some that are located right in that little uh, dish drying rack. <laughs> okay, girl, how, how long is this interview? How long is this fight? Yeah, because apparently they need licorice, too. I'm like, girls, you want this stuff, you need to come down and help. Cause I only got two hands. He grabs a bag of li- black licorice. Who in the house is eating black licorice, huh? Who? That stuff is disgusting. So are black jelly beans. If you like that stuff, good on ya. But I, ugh. but then again, I mean, I can't remember if I told this <laughs> story on the podcast once about those black jar of black jelly beans that I downed when I was like nine or ten. We were at my dad's friend's house. They had a jar of black jelly beans on the top of the refrigerator. I got it down, and I was just eating, eating, eating just handfuls of black jelly beans, even though they're nasty. And I remember <laughs> many years later as an adult, my dad's friend, who was also you know, friends with my older sister, had brought that up. Like, yeah, I remember when you ate all those black jelly beans and we weren't sure. We were just standing there looking at you, waiting to see whether you're going to throw up or not. (laughs) I don't know what possessed me to think I could just go and start eating someone else's food in someone else's house without asking. So, of course, Stephanie, when Jesse gets, it's in a Ziploc bag and he comes to the stairs and she says, red licorice. Why is there black licorice there? We had black licorice in my house growing up and I could not- I even mean, asked my dad, I'm like, did you like black licorice? he, he says no, I'm like, well did mom? No. Well, who's eating it then, because I remember it was on their dresser. Who's eating the black licorice? Someone must have been. Every time- this is the longest gag- Every time that he goes and puts a foot on the step, Stephanie's got another request. Fruit. So he grabs a stem of grapes. And oh, since the refrigerator door is open, yeah, we need milk too. You, g- girls, you do not need all that stuff. That milk jug is empty. When he took that, there is like nothing in it. And of course, he's forgetting to close the door, the refrigerator door. He's got a stem of grapes, or whatever you call it, hanging from his mouth. Okay, okay, mm, 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 mm Steph. If you're making all these requests, you come down there and you help. Because now she's like, we need peanut butter and jelly and bread. I'm like, no, just you're not making sandwiches up in your bedroom, girls. You're not doing that. Jesse's already loaded down with so much stuff that he has to have a stem of grapes in his mouth because his hands are and arms are just loaded down. It makes me think of the times when I think, oh, I'm just gonna run in for a couple of things at the grocery store, and then I have like an armload of stuff, and people laugh, like, "You should get a basket." Do you need a basket? Oh my gosh, you came in here for more than you thought you would need. <laughs> they just laugh at you, like, "You need help? You need a basket there?" I'm like, "Oh no, no, I got it." And dropping stuff as I walk towards the register. Oh my gosh. And carrots. What in the world, stuff?
3: Come
1: uh, around, come around, around, get some snacks first. Oh, yeah, the dad's on the song. We're well, gonna watch him in our room.
0: Alright.
3: It'll do it if they don't just hate it. Don't forget the ice cream. Okay. <laughs> right. Got it. And the bowls are spooned! Oh, God. <laughs> you can eat ice cream without bowls or spoon.
1: Come on, girls. Getting a little excessive. You're not gonna eat all that stuff. Come on. You don't need what milk with potato chips? Gross. There's nothing in it. Don't forget. To You do not need that stuff, girls. Come down here and help your uncle. That's not fair. But yeah, yeah. I like how he improvises here because he's got the six-pack of cans on his head. (laughs) They're not falling off at all. But yeah, he's got his arms loaded down. None of the girls offered to help. Of course they didn't. And he says, okay, girls, this should get us through the first two rounds. And then DJ makes an announcement. Oh, we decided we're going to watch the fight downstairs. I'm like, uh, you stop for just a second. You want to do that? You're taking this stuff down here. I carry it all the way up here. I would be furious. And the fact that now that he's up there, now they decide? No. And he doesn't freeze. This is as far as your uncle lunch wagon goes, girls. And DJ's got a of attitude, like, ooh, it's Mr. Uncle Bad Attitude. I'm like, well, DJ, you can sit in your room all night and not watch your dad's interview. <sighs> What's with the attitude, girl? J- Jesse, you don't got to put up with that nonsense. Because DJ's like, ooh, it's Uncle Bad Attitude. I'm probably going to regret myself for saying this, but if I were Jesse, I'd be like, hey, my sister didn't raise no spoiled brat. You go take this stuff downstairs. And Stephanie says, oh, this is probably a bad time to mention you forgot the carrot. You're not, you're not eating all that stuff. You kids, I get it, but come on. That is so much stuff. And not to mention it's like, what, maybe seven, eight o'clock at night? Didn't they have a dinner? A banana also? Oh, good golly, Miss Molly. Okay, uh, so he's like, girls, help me out with this, please. Joey comes over to Jesse, says, hey, I need you in the nursery right now. Something's going on with Michelle. I'm not sure what it is. And to help out Jesse, who's still got that six-pack of, you know, uh, orange soda cans on his head, Joey just takes one from the um, plastic ring and says, here, here you go. All right, come on. Yeah, uh, he said. Joey says, "Let me give you a hand with this." And it looks like he's gonna take it off Jesse's head. But no, he just takes one off, so now it's uneven, and there's five cans instead of six. It was evenly balanced on Jesse's head. <laughs> Jesse, it's just like, oh, what has happened to my life? I used to be a motorcycle, riding guitar playing rock and roller. Now I'm a babysitter.
3: That get us through the first
0: two rounds. <laughs> uncle Jesse, we changed our minds. We're gonna watch the fight downstairs.
3: Freeze, ankle biters. <laughs> this is as far as your uncle lunch wagon goes.
0: Ooh, it's Uncle Bad Attitude. I guess this is a bad time to mention you forgot the carrot.
3: Yes. You're not eating oh, no carrots. Come on, grab that. Yes, quick. I need you in the nursery. Yeah. Okay. Let me give you a hand with this. Thanks. <laughs>
1: Oh, come on, Joey. Just take the whole six bag.
3: What is happening to my life?
1: So Joey is crouched down by Michelle's crib, just saying, "Oh, Michelle, please don't be sick." Jesse comes in, tosses the five pack of <laughs> pop cans onto the rocking chairs like, all right, Joey, what's going on?" And Joey says, I heard Michelle cough, and jesse's said, "Joey, ba- babies—they cough, they spit up, they drool, they—they they burp. Just think of them as teeny tiny teenagers, little tiny teenagers." Now, if it were an isolated cough, I—I I probably wouldn't think too too much of it. I mean, like I said, I'm not—I don't have children, so I don't know. But if it were a consistent cough, like she's doing it like a minute or so later and it's consistent, yes. But but then again, I mean, with babies, like, you don't want to take chances, even if it is a cough. Just it's probably it's best to have someone check that out. So Jesse picks up Michelle out of her crib and asks, kid, are you okay? And he starts turning her around, kind of looking at her from all angles. Puts her back in the crib like, yeah, she looks fine. There's nothing visibly wrong with her. Jesse is just kind of brushing off, like, oh I see she's cool, there's something wrong with her. Somebody pops her head in the door and says, Hey, daddy's gonna be on right after the armpit uh, um underarm commercial. So Joey is really worried, which is understandable. You know, you're new at this, you've never dealt with a child that is sick before or had a, a cold before. And she's young, she can't tell you what's going on. So, Joyce says, I'm really worried about Michelle. Maybe we should take her with us, you know, downstairs. And Jesse doesn't really see. It's like, it's not a big deal. Babies do the stuff. That's what they do. They cough. They burp. They fart. They dribble drool. All that stuff. So, he picked, Jesse picks up Michelle. He's like, all right, buddy. Let's go. Let's go downstairs. And then in the door, he says, Are you okay, you all right? So, yes, he is concerned. Maybe he probably thinks that Joey's being a little overly concerned, because. yeah.
3: Michelle, please don't be sick. Alright, Josh, what's the problem here? I heard Michelle cough. Hey, yeah. kid, you okay? <laughs> She's cool? It's
0: time! Daddy's gonna be on right after the Underarm commercial.
3: Alright. I'm coming. Jess, I didn't like the sound of that cough. We should bring Michelle with us. So, we gotta realize, babies cough, man. Babies dribble. Babies barf. think of them as little tiny teenagers. (laughs) Come on, Michelle. Come on. Come on,
1: pal. You okay? You okay? Okay, so, clearly, the baby's not gonna cough on her own. They gotta ADR it in, and it's just, it's really ridiculous. Come on, you couldn't have been a little more convincing, voice artists, voice actors. Be a little more convincing with a baby cough. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh. Seven so, DJ's pouring what's left of the potato chips into a bowl which, you hear it, it's mainly crumbs and potato chip dust as Joey and Jesse are coming down with the stairs into the living room with Michelle, Jesse asks the girls, "Girls, have you ever heard Michelle make that kind of cough before? And Stephanie says, oh, you know, it could be a hairball. And Jesse says, Steph, babies don't get hairballs. Do Jesse, do, Joey, do they get hairballs? No? Okay. No, they don't. They're not covered in fur. And Joey's like, mm, don't look at me. I have no idea. Okay, so, we got Danny on the TV. Okay, so, Danny's in the locker room. We see Reggie, the Sandman Martin, training with his trainer, coach, I don't know what you want to call him. And Danny is, like, having to, like, bend underneath them, like, go through while they're training. <laughs> and he he even says... We're in the training room of former champion Reggie the Sandman Martin. And Danny tells us all that we are moments away from the Sandman's attempt, first attempt on the comeback trail to reclaim his heavyweight crown. <laughs> Girls, ever hear
3: that cough
0: before? No, it's not it a baby like an air ball.
3: Air ball. tough. <laughs> <laughs> Babies don't get hair... Babies get hairballs? And now,
0: live from San Francisco, a special boxing presentation, here's Danny Tanner.
2: Hey. Good evening, boxing fans. I'm Danny Tanner. I'm Danny Tanner. Back back up, up. I'm Danny Tanner.
0: Now
2: I am you, Danny Tanner, and welcome to tonight's class. We're in the training room of former heavyweight champion of the world, Reggie the Sandman Martin only moments away from the Sandman's first
0: attempt on the comeback trail to
1: reclaim his heavyweight crown. So, yeah, this must have been fresh off of Ernie Hudson doing the Ghostbusters films. You know, he's shirtless, he's wearing the blue boxer... Sh- bo- <laughs> Is that where the name boxer shorts came from? But, yeah, he's wearing the shorts, blue, with, like, a white stripe going down the side. And Danny's like, well, champ... Champ, how you feeling? He's like, I feel good. I feel strong. <laughs> I feel like hitting somebody. <laughs> oh, right? makes a fist right in Danny's face. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, 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 he's gonna hit Danny in the face like an uppercut. Is that what that is? It's like an uppercut, like a jab. Like, you're going, like, up, like, bringing your arm, like, back, and then going up in an upward motion. Like, I don't know. I don't watch boxing. Danny's actually nervous, like, uh, but not me, right? <laughs> and Reggie says, well, that depends on the question. So of course, Danny asks what, you know, everyone in San Fran wants to know. Well, champ, the obvious question, why the comeback? Danny says, you got plenty of money in the bank. Heck, I mean, you own a bank. Oh, he's been retired for two years, Reggie has. And Danny, Danny asks him, you miss wearing the shorts? Oh, my goodness. Before Red, you can even answer, his trainer pulls the mic and pretty much does the talking for him. He says, it's pride. It's pride and respect. He wants to go down as the greatest fighter in the history of boxing. And even... Reggie's kind of looking at his trainer like, excuse me, I think he was asking me the question. Danny asks Reggie, are you sure it's not the six million dollars? And Reggie says, okay, I miss wearing the shorts. I like how he like puts his thumbs under the band of the shorts. (laughs) You know, stretching them out. (laughs) So, Danny opens up his suit jacket and we do see DJ's tie and Stephanie's rainbow-colored, tie-dye-looking tie-tack. And she's like, my tie-tack! And they all clap, like, yay, tie-tack! So, Reggie's got some questions for Danny about this thing that he's wearing. Reggie says, all right, I know why I'm wearing a cup, obviously, but now why are you wearing a saucer? <laughs> and Danny explains, oh, this this is a gift from my daughter, Stephanie, and the tie is a gift from my daughter, DJ, and my baby, Michelle, well, I mean, can't wear her her gifts. <laughs> and, of course, they all clap. Yay! We're all getting mentions on TV. So, I honestly don't know. I mean, it sounds like Danny's just kind of winging it with the questions. Because he says, oh, you probably haven't seen much of your family with, you know, all your training going on and everything, right? And Reggie says, yeah, Lou runs a pretty tough camp. So, yeah. Lou again grabs the mic, says, yeah, the toughest. Total isolation, just me, the Sandman, and misery. No phone calls, no women, no nothing. Oh, my God. This guy is too wrapped wrapped up in... Training Reggie, which I get you gotta be, but ugh, come on, really, no phone calls to the none of that stuff. And R- R- Reggie takes the microphone back and says, "Just oh, look, oh, oh, I'm sorry about that, Marcy. How you feeling, honey? I love you." <makes noise> she's, yeah, he's apologizing to his wife. Oh, and um, by the way, <laughs> Danny, left some news spill that Reggie has not been uh. He's not been privy to him, remember? Total isolation, just Lou and Reggie. Total isolation, no phone calls, none of that stuff. Because Danny, I don't know whether he got this from a tabloid magazine or it's been in the news, he mentions it. But he says, oh, you know, I think it's wonderful that you and your wife are still good friends, considering. Yeah, Reggie has no idea what Danny's talking about. Like, considering, what are you, ta- what are you talking about? Yeah, and at first he's like, yeah. And then he turns, and, like, considering what? (laughs) Like, I'm confused here. What's going on? So, Lou's trying to get Reggie back on track here. Like, come on, champ. We got a fight to win here. We can't be thinking about this other stuff. And, yeah, telling him to loosen up. And Reggie's like, hey, the man said considering. Considering what? You said it's real great that my wife and I are still good friends? Why would we be friends? What? He has no idea what's been going on in the outside world. And Danny realized he's kind of being backed into a corner here as he let something slip he shouldn't have said. See, I think this is why they give you... Don't... When they're interviewing these people, they are given a set of questions that are appropriate to ask. Like, don't ask about any of this other stuff. Just stick to sports. And Danny's uh, considering what happened... And the guy who keep, Lou keeps saying, loosen up, champ, and Reggie says, I'm going to loosen someone's head unless someone tells me what's up. Yeah, he says, if I don't get some information, I'm going to loosen somebody's head, namely Danny's, because he's right there, and he's the one that dropped this this little uh, truth nugget here. Yeah, he is, no, it, you said, it's great, my wife and I are still friends. Why wouldn't my wife and I still be good friends? Danny tries to get back on track. Like, okay, so about tonight's fight, let's talk strategy. Reggie grabs Danny by the lapels of his suit jacket and basically lifts him into the air like, dude, I'm going to take you down if you don't answer my question. Uh, So Danny says, okay, let's forget about strategy. Usually when a woman moves out on a man, they stop being friends. He has no idea that his wife moved out. He's what? Wait a minute. Didn't Danny say the guy's been retired now for two years? What's he been doing in the two years? Still training? And he is just shocked. my wife moved out. And Lou's like, "Come on, we got a fight to win. Let's go. And Lou oh, this Lou is just he's an oh, Not a good manager, clearly. Because Reggie's like, hey, you expect me to fight? I just found out my wife walked out on me. Of course, his manager's saying, use it, champ, use the anger, and you just seem, almost like he's the Incredible Hulk, just, just, right in Danny's face. Danny is scared that he is, uh, gonna orphan, his- Reggie's gonna make orphans of Danny's children. And Danny is just, he is apologetic. champ, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, oh boy am I sorry, I, I can't believe you didn't know about this. Uh, Reggie, uh, are you calling me a liar? And Danny said, oh, not at all, I mean, why would I choose those as my last words? So Danny says, I just figured since the story was in the papers and magazines, a soon-to-be TV movie... <laughs> Remember TV movies of, like, the 80s, the 90s, especially, especially the movies, like, Sunday Night of the Movies, or Sunday Afternoon of the Movies, but it's mainly the movie of the week. It usually, a lot of times, it starred people that you knew from sitcoms. Um, There's one called, what the heck is it called? It's called First Affair. It's got, um... Joel Higgins from Silver Spoons. It's got that one lady who played what's her name? Hot Lips or whatever on MASH. It's got Mary Ingalls. <laughs> um, Melissa Sue Anderson from Little House on the Prairie. It's on YouTube. Check it. I mean, I know I normally don't um, recommend stuff like that when this is a clean podcast, but it's a weird movie, and it's just, it's cheesy, and just, I don't know, but it just seems like, yeah, those are, especially, like, some things that are true events, like, for the first time on television, based on true events, inspired by, you know, all that stuff. You thought you knew the real story, where we're gonna tell you. Yeah, and, oh my god, Champ is just like, Reggie, he's like, she left me? And sold the rights. Like, oh my god. So it's like. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, and you get none of it. You get none of it. He is just crying. It's like, oh, Marcy, no, baby, baby, no, no, no. (laughs) The manager is just getting more and more frustrated with Danny. Like, this is not what we need here. (laughs) It's using the bottom. Reggie is using the bottom of Danny's suit jacket to like wipe his, the tears away. Danny's like got an arm around him, trying to comfort him. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Danny just like kind of patting his back, like it'll be all right, champ. It'll be okay. I'm here for you. That this all yeah, this is all. This is supposed to be his big comeback after two years out of retirement. This guy's an emotional wreck now. He's not gonna be able to fight. He's like, I I, I can't fight tonight. And the manager's like, you're going to do great, champ. You're going to knock him out. (laughs) Who even says to Danny, you're kind of taking the edge off him, huh, Tanner? That's probably why he had him in isolation, so he wasn't distracted by his what? The real world. (laughs) And he tries to close this out and say, in a way, this is kind of a beautiful moment. Thanks for sharing it with us, Sandman. And good luck on tonight's fight. And it dawns on <laughs> Reggie that he still has to fight tonight. He's so consumed with grief over his wife walking out and selling the rights. He, he like stands away. Like, I can't fight. I can't fight now. Yeah, he's like, you're gonna fight. You're gonna knock him out, champ. You're gonna win it.
2: <laughs> well, champ, how you feeling? I Feel good. I
1: feel strong. Feel like hitting somebody. <laughs> Dang, man. But Not me,
2: right? That depends on the question. <laughs> Okay, no pressure here. Well, champ, the obvious question. Why the comeback? You got plenty of money in the bank. Heck, you own a bank. <laughs> You've been retired for two years. What is it? Do you miss wearing the shorts? No, no.
1: it's pride. <laughs> it's pride and respect. The champ wants to go down as the greatest fighter in the history of boxing. He's like, oh, my manager. Are you sure it.
2: it's not the $6 million? Okay, I miss wearing the shorts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know why I'm wearing a cup, but now why are you wearing
2: a saucer? <laughs> oh, this. This is a gift from my daughter, Stephanie, and the tie is a gift from my daughter, DJ. And I have a little baby, Michelle, too, but you can't wear her gifts. <laughs> yeah. You probably haven't seen much of your family during these three months of training. Yeah. New runs a pretty tough, camp. The toughest. <laughs> Total isolation. Just me, the Sandman, and misery. <laughs> no phone calls, no women, no nothing.
0: Look, I- I'm sorry about that, Marcy. How you feeling, honey? <laughs> I
2: think it's wonderful that you and your wife are still good friends, considering. Yeah. Considering what? <laughs> you know. Yeah, right, champ. Just loosen up, baby. Hey, loosen hey. up. The man said considering. Considering what? Uh, considering what happened. L- loosen up, champ. I just hey. loosen if I don't get some information, I'm going to loosen somebody's head. And I said, it's great we're still friends. How would my wife and I still be friends? So about tonight's fight, um, let's talk strategy. Hey, man. Let's forget about strategy. Um, all I meant was usually when a woman moves out on a man, they stop being friends. <laughs> she moved out? Champ, it's time to fight. Let's go. Hey, man, you expect me to fight when I just found out my wife walked out on me? Use it, champ. Use the anchor. Oh, champ, I'm sorry. Oh, boy, am I sorry. I can't believe you didn't know about this. You told me a lie. Oh, not at all. Why would I choose those as my last words? I, I just figured, since the story was in the newspapers and the magazines and the soon-to-be TV movie, <coughs> she loved me and sold the rights. Oh, no, Marcy, baby, no. Oh,
0: no, no, baby, no.
2: It'll be okay, champ. It'll be okay. You're kind of taking the edge off of that <laughs> You know, in a way, this is kind of a beautiful moment. Thanks for sharing it with us, the Sandman. Best of luck on tonight's fight. Fight? I can't fight. Come on, champ. You'll fight. I can't fight. You'll
0: no, no, fight. fight and you'll knock him out, champ. You're going to win it. You're going to win it, baby.
1: So Stephanie asks the question, Why was that man crying? And Jesse says, well. The man was crying because your dad made him so happy. <laughs> Stephanie is looking at Jesse like, excuse me? I may be five, but I think uh even I'm I'm not buying that. <laughs> like try again. Yeah, she looks at it, like, I don't think so. And it'll cut back to the TV screen as Danny says, We'll be right back after this word from anybody but me. <laughs> He's like, oh he, he feels he, This was his tryout as a sports reporter. And, um, well, I'll say this, it was very interesting, you know, he, he was very, you know, invasive with the questions, he really got Sandman to open up, which I don't really think that is what they want you to do, unless it's referring to sports, like their career, nothing personal, no home life questions, none of that stuff.
3: Well, the man was crying because uh, because your dad made him so happy.
0: What? I
1: don't think
2: so. No. We'll be back after this word from anybody but me.
0: Oh,
1: so, Stephanie asks. Now what happens? Since we've you know they've done the interview portion with the boxer, and Jesse says, well, two guys beat each other up for about 36 minutes. Then they get six million dollars. And Stephanie is just, so wow, six million dollars? Forget about being a ballerina. Sweetie, you are not going to be a boxer. So, Joey kind of thinks, like, hey, maybe you girls shouldn't be watching all this violence. Well, it's whatever, I guess. I mean, they're just wanting to see, you know, Danny's interview. That's why they're all there, right? To see Danny's interview. They could care less about the fight. So, DJ Sides with Joey says, Joey's right, Steph. Let's go watch Reruns of the A-Team, which, that's not violent. That's not really violent. When I watched this back then, I mean, the way, because like I said, there's subtitles on now because it's a DVD. And I just, when she said it before, it's like, let's go watch Reruns of the A-Team. I didn't know what that was seen the show, but just the way she, I may, probably mistook what she said. So when she said that, I'm thinking, oh, in my head, I think, oh, that's probably more violent than boxing or something. But no, it's not. Now what
0: happens?
3: Well, two guys beat each other up for about 36 minutes, then they get $6 million. $6
0: million? Forget about being a ballerina. <laughs>
3: Uh, maybe a girl shouldn't be watching all
0: this violence. always right, Steph. Let's go watch reruns of the 18th.
1: <laughs> the girls leave. I don't even think they ate, like, hardly any of that food, so it's just the ice cream, put it back in the freezer. So again, Michelle coughs. She doesn't really, it's whoever's doing the ADR voice. And Jesse says, Okay, this cough is getting serious. And he picks Michelle up, starts kind of pacing the room. Joey is the one that actually places the phone call to the doctor. Joey, uh, Jesse looks over at Joey, like Joey, what are you doing? And Joey says, "I'm calling the baby's doctor." And Jesse tries to take credit for it. Like, good, I knew I'd think of something. Whatever. So Jesse puts Michelle back in her, puts her in the playpen. The doctor's name is Doctor Landris. Call Joey calls him at his home. Joey is surprised, like, "Oh, you're home? You answer your own phone?" What, do you think that he has somebody answer his phone at home just like if he were at the doctor's office? So, and the, and then Joey asks the doctor if he's any good. I don't... I'm going back to when I first probably saw this episode way, way, way back when, and probably a couple times in reruns. When he asked the doctor if he's any good, my young mind... Th- was thinking Joey was referring to, are you any good at answering your own phone? No, I think what he's asking is if this doctor is credible because he's basically doing double duty. Well, he's at home, so of course he's going to answer his own phone. Of course, I'm sure the doctor's like, can you, what's, why are you calling me? Joey says, I'm calling about Michelle Tanner. She's coughing. So, Joey puts the doctor on hold and asks Jesse. He wants to know what kind of cough. And Jesse is just really—he's irritated and aggressive when it comes to the doctor's questions. Which the doctor can't physically examine Michelle because he's on the other line. He can't physically see her, so he's depending on these two men, who have never dealt with a situation like this before, to help him out. Yeah, Jesse's like, "What do you mean? What kind of cough? It's a little baby's cough." And he grabs a phone. And he's like, "You know." <laughs> Oh, Joey takes the phone from Jesse, like, no, 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 you got this wrong. Doc, I do impressions for a living. It was more like this. <laughs> he probably wants to know, when she's coughing, does it th- sound like a, a rattle? Does it sound phlegmy? You know, that way you can kind of figure diagnosing over the phone, what is the best medicine to give this child? Also, is it just a cough, like a dry cough, and there's really nothing to it? Or is it just more like a, <coughs> you know... Where it sounds like it's really, you know, phlegmy, like she's coughing up stuff from her lungs. I don't know. Yeah, Je- Jesse takes the phone from Joey and says, I- I'm sorry, we're new parents here. Oh, so, yeah, he's going to take the phone over to Michelle. Here, listen to her cough. <laughs> yeah, of course she's not going to do it for you. And it Jesse says, you know, this is just like when you take your car to the mechanic and never makes that same noise. Have you ever tried to, like, you know, make an appointment to have your car looked at, and you're trying to describe what is going on with your car, and she's like, oh my gosh. I would, like, be, the better you describe what's wrong with your car, the easier they can diagnose it, the faster they can get you out of there. It probably would help if you knew... I mean, I don't know much about cars, really. I mean, other than I can drive them, but that's about it. Anything under the hood, I leave that to uh, the mechanics. Yeah, so the doctor now is asking about her nose, and Jesse's like, Her nose? Yeah, it's running like a phone. What's coming out of it? Diet Coke. Like, no! He probably No, okay, her nose is running. Well, is it clear liquid? Is it yellow liquid? Green liquid? You know, that way it indicates whether it's mucus or something. So that way, again, the more information you give him, the more he can kind of get this thing going so we can get her on the path to wellness and recovery. And odds are, she probably isn't going out of the house that much. So whatever the girls probably brought home from school and being around other kids is probably... You know, even if the girls didn't get sick from someone else being sick, they probably could have brought those germs home. They probably could have been handling the baby, and things happen. Babies, you know, their immune systems aren't all the way up to par, so they're going to be susceptible to whatever's being brought into the house, even if the baby doesn't ever really leave the house. (laughs) Jesse is just like, can you believe this guy, the questions he's asking me? What's coming out of it? Diet Cola. Yeah, another guy said... Simple questions, and Jesse is just being so... Just... I don't know if passive-aggressive is the right word, but he's being very aggressive and antagonizing with these answers. He's giving favor? I don't know. Of course I know how to take a temperature. You put it in... Order, you put it where? Yes. Odds are, probably with a baby, you're giving, you know, rectal thermometer. I don't know why... I've never, everyone, I don't know. I don't know why they do that. That's just what they do. Yeah, he's thinking you put the thermometer under her tongue and, and, no, the doctor informs him, no, you put it, yeah, in that area. Like, you put it there, you where what? Joey, it's for you. <laughs> like Joey, you're taking over. I'm, I'm done here. Jesse looks so grossed out and uncomfortable while receiving that information of where you actually put the thermometer. Joey's just, and uh, then n- he's shaking his head like, uh, no. You hear that? She coughed
3: again. This cough is getting serious. I'll think of something.
1: Sure you will, Jess.
3: What are you doing? Calling the baby's doctor. Good.
2: I knew I'd think of something. Mm-hmm. Hello, Dr. Landris. You're home. You answer your own phone.
1: As, you oh, I'm good? sure he does.
2: Yeah, I'm calling about Michelle Tanner. She's, um, she's coughing. Hold on, Doc. I want to know what kind of cough. What kind of... It's a little baby's cough.
3: Like, you know, like, <laughs> like that. Doc, I do impressions <laughs> for a living. It was more like... Uh, <laughs> need that phone. I'm sorry, we're new parents. All right, come here, listen to Michelle cough. There you go, cough, Michelle. Come on, cough. Cough. It's just like when you take your car to the mechanic. It never makes that same noise. All right. Her nose, yeah, it's running like a fountain. What's coming out of it? Diet cola. <laughs> Fever? I don't know. Of course I know how to take her temperature. You simply put the thermometer under her tongue. <laughs> Where? <laughs>
1: Joey, it's for you. Okay, and I'm just thinking, you know, even though you're not physically seeing the doctor, like, going to the doctor's office, you're going to be billed for that call. And what's to say he ain't going to charge you a little extra for your attitude? It's like, you interrupted me during dinner. You're giving me attitude. I'm trying to help you out because they can't physically see and examine the baby. And you're giving me attitude. Honestly, if Joey would have handled... But Joey, as soon as, like, he wants to know what kind of cough. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, he's just, like, okay, it's a cough. That's great. What are her other symptoms? Is she running a no- Is she running a nose? Is she nose running? Has she got a fever? Okay, those are typical things. Like, yeah, you probably, she's got a cough. Let's run, you know, do the thermometer thing. Nowadays, they actually have thermometers and I actually got one when you know we had the COVID deal. Um, it's the forehead one where you just stick the thing near your forehead, you press the uh, the the thing down, and then it lights up. And the thing is, when Jeremy had it, when he had a fever, and I used that temperature gauge, and it blinked like red. I'm like, and I was like maybe a few feet away, like he was so like the te- it was such a high fever. He was like radiating heat off him. It, he was it was that like I mean me, it was like maybe I think the highest mine got was like ninety nine, maybe a hundred, but then it started going down but I couldn't find where I put that other, the one you stick in your mouth. So I'm like, no, I want to get the one that they do with the forehead thing. I want that thermometer. But then again, even still, it's like when you're doing the temperature thing, it's like you're getting different readouts. So You're like, this feels inconclusive. Which one is more accurate? <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, they use a the little clown puppet thing with the little paw hands for the rectal thermometer and they're just kind of like okay let's they're like moving the thermometer trying to get her because it's like one of those old you know the glass thermometer and everything doesn't they have mercury in it oh no i don't even think they do the 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 uh glass thermometers anymore um but yeah she's got no temperature it's normal it's good 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 do they even know what normal temperature is i mean they couldn't even describe like the snot coming out of her nose what the color was and he high fives michelle like all right little girl you got no temperature sweetie high five high five give me a help that's going to be so uncomfortable for a baby to have their temperature taken that way i mean how do you do that without them getting upset and cry i mean like distract them or, I, I don't know i don't know i just i feel bad for the baby you know because it's so that is so invasive, and it just oh it breaks my heart. Like, can you imagine if they just had the forehead temperature things back in 1987? I would think by now they probably have the kind that can check your temperature like on your finger or something like like do the little finger tap thing or something. By now in 2022, they're always making advances and stuff with all these these things. Yeah, so the doctor told Joey that if Michelle does not have a fever, it means it's just a cold and she should be taking the medicine that was prescribed for her last cold. Michelle is w- under two She's, what, probably just a little, maybe over a year? Not by much though. So, but I would... Y- how, yeah, because, you know, medicine expires, so just because it's there doesn't mean it's good. If it ex- it's expired, I'm like, don't, no, you do not give a baby or anyone. Do not take expired medicine. Even if you feel, you know, someone can run to the doctor or um a pharmacy, a grocery store, and get something over the counter for babies. And I'm just kind of thinking, it's like, has she been sick since the guys have been there? Because they haven't been there that long. They've celebrated, what, maybe a couple? They haven't even celebrated Thanksgiving at this point. I don't believe. No. Uh, yeah. Um, no, that's in two episodes, which I've already covered the miracle of Thanksgiving. But, so they're looking for the baby medicine, strawberry mousse. Apricot conditioner, honey nut rinse, see, I want scents like that for my shampoo, but when I do something outside of like head and shoulders, plastic clean, which is what I use, you know, two-in-one conditioner, when I use something else outside of that, it's like my hair looks like worse than before I washed it. (laughs) And Joey's like, can you believe that these girls put all this dumb junk in their hair? The moose, Jesse's all about the moose, so I bet anything that is Jesse's stuff. Do a close-up shot of Jesse's face, because clearly all that stuff is his. Why would you put shampoo in the medicine cabinet, though? I usually, I'm putting, like, there are corners in the in the tub on the sides. That's where I'm putting my shampoo and body wash and whatnot. That way it's there, you don't gotta worry about it. Jesse says, it, it's mine. Yeah, found the medicine finally. All right, Michelle Tanner, half a teaspoon, four times a day. Wow, four times. And it's half a teaspoon, so that isn't much, so. Thing is, I mean, she doesn't have a fever, and it's just a cough, but, you know, she's not cranky or irritable. I mean, if she had a fever, she'd probably be crying her head off. And she always like, remember that as Jesse takes it from him. And they didn't. Did they even check the expiration date? Because you know that stuff has expiration dates on it. So the girls go upstairs, let them know, like, hey, the fight's over. They said dad will be back on after these important messages. Stephanie, I guess. When was the last time Michelle had a cold? Because they're. Oh, I get it. Yeah, because they're doing it differently than probably what their mom would, or Danny would have done for Michelle when she had a cold. So Stephanie asked, what are you doing to Michelle? And they said, well, we're giving your sister some medicine. And Stephanie just shakes her head. That's not the way daddy does it. And Jesse's like, Stephanie, don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, and she, you know she's not going to take that spoon of medicine. No, there is a way. I don't think they're going to take that straight up. I think it's usually what? Don't you got to put it in, like, some type of baby? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and Jesse's like, here you go, Michelle. And she pushes the spoon away, which the liquid hits Joey right on the nose. Joey looks at Jesse with one eye closed, and Jesse says, Joey, duck!
3: (laughs) Tailed up, tailed down to the right. Normal, no temperature. (laughs) High five, Michelle. High five. High
0: five.
2: All right. Okay. Well, doctor said no fever means it's a cold, and we should give her the medicine that he prescribed for the last cold. Okay, we got strawberry mousse, apricot conditioner, honey nut rinse. You believe these girls put all this dumb junk in their hair?
1: I don't think they do. They're not at that age yet.
2: It's mine.
3: <laughs> what are you looking at? Alright, so here it
1: is. Michelle Tanner, a half a teaspoon four times all a day. Right,
0: Remember right, give that. that. Give me that. Four times a day. The fight's over. They said Dad would be back on after these important messages. Okay. What are you doing to Michelle?
3: We're well, giving your sister some medicine.
0: That's not the way Daddy does it. Stephanie. All right, here
3: you go, Michelle.
1: Oh. Nope. <laughs> She's not going to take it.
3: Joey, duck. <laughs>
1: Okay, so now they got her in her high chair. They got a baby appropriate spoon. Before they are using like a, a breakfast spoon. This one is too big. So they're trying the little soft coated baby spoon with pureed chicken, like baby food with the stuff in there. And she is not having it. They have like two other little uh, cont- bottle container things of, baby food, just trying different things. And Joey's like, well, so much for cough syrup and pureed chicken. So what they, they were coming from underneath the high chair table, like, almost like a sneak attack here, which, that is really gonna render your arm useless because you're not giving yourself enough room and space to turn your hand to be able to get the spoon in her mouth. Yeah. And Jesse tells Joey, look, I told you it wouldn't work. You never serve red cough syrup with poultry. So they're watching it on the little TV in the kitchen while the guys are helping give Michelle her cough medicine. Trying and failing, mind you. And DJ says, by the way, if I'm ever sick, dial 911. (laughs) I don't trust you guys. Well, DJ, if you're sick, I think you're at that age where you probably can pretty much take care of yourself. She could give herself her own cough medicine. She knows how to read directions. <coughs> yes, yeah, she is.
2: Well, so much for cough syrup and pureed chicken. I told you it wouldn't work.
3: You never serve red cough syrup with poultry.
0: By the way, if I'm ever sick, dial nine one one.
1: Alright, so minute 17 into the second round, Reggie the Sandman Martin was knocked out, KO'd. So Danny tells us, you know, he may have been a little off tonight, that happens. He was distracted about the news of his wife leaving him, of course. If Danny hadn't mentioned anything, he probably would have won that fight. (laughs) And Danny tells us, I don't think the blame should be laid at anybody's feet. And here comes Reggie The Sandman saying, I want him! I want Danny Tanner! (laughs) Because Danny, yeah, before that happens, Danny says, I mean anybody. Am I being clear? A blameless defeat. Oh, and all the news reporters here now want to interview Danny. Like, hey, Tanner, how does it feel to have personally dealt a crushing blow to a man's career? (laughs) And Danny asks, are you talking about the Sandmans or my own? And This guy who's interviewing Danny, like, camera's like, or microphone's right in Danny's face, asks, do you have any personal sort of, or sort of personal grudge against the Sandman? And Danny says, no, not at all. The Sandman and I have always had a very warm and cordial relationship. As Lou brings Reggie, the Sandman Jackson, around, he's yelling, I want him! I want him! I want Danny Tanner! (laughs) Danny says, can't you just feel the love? As he goes into the room where R- Reggie the Sandman is, you just hear the other reporters go, ooh, like you're in for now, man. And then we cut back to Jesse, Joey, and the girls and Michelle, just like, ooh, like even Stephanie's raising her, oh boy, this isn't going to be good. As you saw, a minute 17 into the second round, Reggie the
0: Sandman
2: Martin was KO'd. He may have been a little off tonight. That happens. But I don't think the blame should be laid at anybody's feet. I mean anybody. Am I being clear? A blameless defeat. Hey, no. uh, how does it feel to have personally dealt a crushing blow to a man's career? Are you talking about the Sandmans or my own? Hey, tell me, do you have some sort of personal grudge against the Sandman? Not at all. The Sandman and I have always had a very warm and cordial relationship.
0: I want him! I want him! I want Dan Tanner. I want him! I want him!
1: Can't you just feel the love? No in for it. So, Danny tells the audience, walk with me as I apologize to the Sandman. Danny tells Reggie, Sandman, I am really very, very sorry. Reggie, the Sandman, grabs Danny by his... He takes one... Hand and grabs him by the lapel of his suit jacket and Danny is like bracing for the worst here and yeah Reggie's cool but like it's okay it's not your fault and Reggie tells him like hey at least somebody had the guts to tell me about my wife he even asked Danny like say you wouldn't happen to know why she left me would you and Danny says you know maybe not seeing your wife for three or four months resulted in a teeny loss of intimacy (laughs) Lou, oh, this guy It's like, it's okay, champ We don't need her And Reggie turns on his manager And says, we? What's this we stuff? That's this we stuff that got me in trouble And Reggie, yeah, he turns on his manager And says, you talked me out of retirement Because you needed the money Yeah, and he says Now you knew about my wife the whole time Didn't you? And the manager just, well I mean, I kind of got an inkling when I saw the cover story of Sports Illustrated. (sighs) Oh, oh, yeah, he, Reggie, looking at the camera, pleads with his wife, like, look, Marcy, Marcy, honey, I'm going to give up boxing for good. I'm going to, I'm going to get you back, baby. He says, I'm going to find you. I'm going to beg for forgiveness. I'm going to win you back because I love you, baby. I love you. (laughs) Then he says, Lou, you're fired. Of course, this gravelly-voiced manager is out, like, Tanner, this whole thing is your fault. Dude, no, it's your fault, manager man. You kept, guys, that information about his wife leaving him, so, yeah. And even Reggie says, you talked me out of retirement because you, not me, you needed the money. And Reggie is a nice guy. (sighs) And he goes and slugs Danny. (laughs) In the stomach. But then to our surprise and Danny's the manager Slapped <laughs> so Danny in the stomach and just like oh and Danny is just he's not hurting, he's like, whoa, what was that? He broke his hand on that plaster tie tack. Even Stephanie and DJ are like, what just happened here? How <laughs> Danny pulls his suit jacket open, and you see the tie tack, and he points like, thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> like, you saved your dad here. <laughs> I love how the audience just is, like, applauding and just, whoa. And Stephanie says, you're welcome, Danny.
2: Walk with me, as I apologize to the Sandman sandman i am really very very sorry it's okay it's not your fault I mean, somebody had the guts to tell me about my wife See, you wouldn't happen to know why she left me would you well maybe not seeing your wife for three or four months resulted in a teensy loss of intimacy it's okay champ we don't need her this is wee stuff this is we stuff that got me in trouble You talked me out of retirement because you needed the money. And you knew about my wife all the time, didn't
0: you? Well, I kind of got an inkling
2: when I saw the cover story in Sports Illustrated. Marcy, Marcy, honey,
1: I'm going to give up boxing for good, baby. I'm going to find you. I'm going to beg for forgiveness. I'm going to win you back because I love you, baby. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Lou, you're fine.
0: (laughs) Tanner, this whole thing is your fault.
1: Ah. Good. I hope you broke your hand, man, because you deserve it. <laughs> yes! Saved by the tie tag Thank you, steph Thanks, Stephanie. You're welcome,
2: Daddy. Didn't Daddy do great? Oh, he was, oh,
0: yeah. was <laughs> really,
2: really yeah. quite good. Yeah,
1: girls, nobody can take a punch like your father. Uh, so, yeah, didn't Daddy do great? Like, yeah, he did very, very good. He was very good. <laughs> I love how Joey says, yeah, girls, no one can take a punch like your father. So Stephanie asks, like, can we stay up till Daddy gets home? It's like, no, 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 go to sleep. Come on, get some rest. It's like, we got to take care of your sister here because, uh, well, yeah. Jesse says, tomorrow we may have to move to a civilization without television. <laughs> So, yeah, now it's in Joey's hands to try to give Michelle her medicine. Like, I give up. I can't. She won't respond to me. tries to do, I don't know whether he's doing the airplane or the train or the whatever, but he's like, yeah, her lips are like locked tight. Yeah, she is not letting any spoon go into her mouth. And Joyce says, come on, it's really good. Mm, 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 Right into Jesse's mouth, unsuspecting. (laughs) Oh, man, Michelle is just watching Jesse for his reaction with a mouthful of pureed chicken and cough syrup. And Joyce says, and she's come smile, the baby's watching you. And now she's waiting for her Uncle Jesse to swallow. So, yeah, he swallows that. He's like, mm, this stuff's terrible. <laughs> this is what I want to say. <laughs> and Joey says, Yeah, but you're not coughing, are you? And Jesse's he's done with this. Like, all right, enough's enough. Michelle, you are going to take this medicine and you are going to feel better right now. Let's go. And he's like, Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And, yeah, apparently just making, hey, hey, I'm not playing around anymore. You're taking this because we've been at this now for what feels like an hour. <laughs> and she does. She she finally takes the medicine. I'm kind of wondering how much t- uh, cough medicine have they wasted now on failed attempts to get that in her mouth. <laughs> even have enough to get her through the cold. I mean, she and she willingly accepts you know, the spoon, and you're like, okay, that's not horrible. Yeah, and she takes, yeah. I swear when I was a kid, they had, like, bubblegum-flavored cough syrup or something. Why can't they make that for adults? I get it, they want to make it appealing to kids because that stuff is just nasty. But I would even take great flavored cough syrup. <laughs> I rarely ever get sick, though. That's the thing. You will know, we'll use it once, and then, and then by the next time your cold comes around, you know, the stuff's expired. Did they check the expiration date? They probably didn't. Like, ah, I'm sure it's fine. It's within the six month window. And Jesse says, You see, Joey? Told you all we had to do was that's nice. I love how they slap high five. Like, yes, we got her through her first cold.
0: See Daddy gets
3: home. No, 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 girls. Go to sleep. Come on, get some rest. Tomorrow we may have to move to a civilization without television. Go. Good night. I... All right, Joy, you try to give her medicine. I give up.
2: Okay, Michelle. Here it comes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. It tastes really good. Watch this.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God, this is
1: very nasty. Smile,
2: the baby's watching you. Mm. Mm. And she's waiting for her Uncle Jesse to swallow. Mm.
3: This stuff is terrible. <laughs> but you're not coughing, are
0: you?
3: All right, enough of this nonsense. That's it, Michelle. Enough fooling around. This is the last teaspoon of medicine. You're gonna drink it. You're gonna feel better. And you're gonna do it right now. Come on. Come on. Right now. Come on. <laughs> See? Told you.
1: All we had to do was ask, nice. Okay, this is something that, I mean, we always see the full house couch, right? There's always, always feels like there's only ever been, like, one couch, maybe a chair. The, they must have gotten rid of the second couch because there is a second couch on the other side of the area rug. But then again, no one, I think it's only there just for... Danny to just, like, fall onto in exhaustion. (laughs) Poor guy. So, Joey comes in like, oh, Danny, hey. And Danny says, Joey, please, don't bother lying to me. I stunk. And Joey tells him, look, I just want you to know that Michelle is going to be fine. We gave her cough medicine. Well, and the fact that Danny, he has no knowledge of Michelle even being sick. He says, look. I just want you to know, Michelle is fine. And Danny jumps off that couch. She's like, what? what?" And Joey says, well, she was sick, but she's fine now. Well, I mean, she's on the road to recovery. She's probably still got a cold. Just giving her that cough medicine once is not going to be like, oh, that fixes her cold. She's better now. Danny is full on having a panic attack here. Like, the baby's sick? Why didn't you say something?
2: to me. I stunk. I just want you to know that Michelle is going to be fine. What? Well, she was sick, but she's fine now. The baby's sick. Why didn't you say something? Uh, sing along, Michelle.
1: Oh, yeah. Jesse's got Michelle I in the rocking chair. They got a dehumidifier in there, you know, for the steam to kind of help clear up her, her, her lungs and her cough. I love this. <laughs> Little baby Olsen twin. She's, ah, no, yeah, she's just adorable because Jesse's singing to her. So Danny runs up those stairs, comes and takes Michelle like, Michelle daddy's here. Come here baby. Takes her from Jesse.
0: <laughs>
1: Hi. And Danny is scared, like, Jesse, what's wrong with her? And Jesse says, nothing, she just had a little cold. You know, we gave her her medicine, we talked to the doctor, we checked her out, she has no temp, she has no fever, she's good. And Danny asks, you know, how do you know it's a little cold? And they say, well, she had a cough, runny nose, but no fever. And even so, it's like, yeah, they spoke to the doctor. He did a non-fiscal examination. So basically, he's just going based on what the guys were telling him what was wrong with her. Je- Danny is kind of going through it like, okay, she should have fluids. And the guys are like, done, took care of it. Danny then says we should call the doctor. It's like, yeah, done. We did that. That was like the first thing we did. How do you think we learned to take her temperature? <laughs> or even that we had to take her temperature. Doctor. Done. A surprise, it's like, really? Well, has she had her cough medicine? And both Jesse and Joy are like, Done, what about a diaper change? And they're like, Good night, bye. And that's on you, Danny. And now that you're home, like, once you're home, Danny, our babysitting duties are done for the night. <laughs>
2: Michelle. Michelle. Daddy's here. <laughs> Hi. Jesse, what's wrong with her?
3: Nothing. She just had a little cold. How do you know it's a little cold? Well, she had a cough and a runny nose,
2: no fever. She should have fluids. Done. <clears throat> we should call the doctor. Done. Done. Really? Has she had her cough medicine? Done. Whoa. How about
1: changing her diaper? Good night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, now we're downstairs with the guys. So they're at the table. Danny says, baby's asleep. Her cold sounds a lot better. And Danny says, you guys did really great tonight. And Jesse says, yeah, we finally uh, learned how to take care of the kid. And both Jesse and Joey clink their glasses. I- I'm guessing it's hot chocolate that they made. Because it's it's in a saucepan, so... And I like how Danny, like, goes to, you know, raise his to be included. And I'm like, no, 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 Danny. This was a Jesse and Joey thing. You weren't here for that, so, yeah. You get credit for all the time that you're there, but... <laughs> and Danny says, you know, I can't thank you guys enough. And Jesse's like, yeah, I, it's no problem. It's no problem. I really love that little munchkin. Yeah, and Jesse sneezes and... Joey coughs. So, wow, that cold worked fast. (laughs) Jesse clarifies, germ spreading phlegm faucet. Danny says, you know, when I came home tonight, I was, I was so down. I just, he probably thought he was going to lose his job. And Danny says, you know, but then I heard Michelle was sick and I put, it put everything into perspective. Danny says, I realized what's really important here is my family and my friends. And I'm just thinking, yeah, especially you can take from what Reggie the, the Sandman was was doing there. It's like his manager was isolating him to the point where he had no idea that his wife had left him. It just his home life was basically non existent, was just him and his trainer, and all that he was focusing on is this like this comeback and everything. And this, this Danny figures like yes, this is a job. That's all it is. What's really important is my family and my, you know, my friends. That is important. Yeah, and the thing is, jobs are going to come, jobs are going to go, but your family is, like, they're there, you know. That's your, that's, if you think about it, that's what you're doing it for, isn't it? You're working for, you know, to survive. You're working to provide for yourself, for your family and everything like that. But at the end of the day, what's really important is, you know, making sure your family's okay. And, and you know, being there when you can. Any job is going to understand when you have a family emergency. Any job that doesn't is not worth it. Any job that will put, have you put that job ahead of a family emergency and says it's your family or your job, that job is not worth it. Oh, God, thank you, Joey, for bringing that up. Yes. As Joey says, oh, so you forgot that uh, nightmare of an interview. It, it started off rocky, but, I mean, think about it. He helped Reggie out. He really did. I mean, if he had just kept going with that and didn't know about his wife, that he was doing that as a favor because his manager needed the money. Reggie didn't need the money. He didn't. He was doing that because he's a nice guy and he's trying to help his manager. Which his manager is just greedy and just a horrible human being. He deserves that broken hand if he got a broken hand. I'm sorry, but he does. Terrible, terrible man. I love that he's drinking for a cup that says, I love my uncle. Danny says, right up until this very moment when you were kind enough to remind me. Thank you, Joey. You were kind enough to just bring it up again. And Danny says, yeah, I was horrible. And Jesse's like, come on, horrible's a, that's a pretty harsh word. I mean, you were, oh no, he's like, I mean, no, you, you, you were, you were, you were horrible. He was, yeah, wasn't he horrible, Joey? Yeah, he was horrible. You were horrible. I wouldn't say it. I honestly, I don't think it was horrible. I think that it just, you didn't stick to the questions you probably should have asked. You're smidge invasive. But if you think about it, in the end, that did help to benefit Reggie the Sandman and figure out what his priorities are in his life as he says I'm giving up boxing I'm coming home to you honey I'm gonna win you back and apparently even Danny says you know he, he, basically he was in isolation for three or four months with his manager just focusing on the end goal of the fight and the six million dollars So Danny is like, well, wait a minute, is this where you guys are supposed to like jump in with like a little pep talk? And Joey's like, I I don't know if I got one in me, Danny. I mean, do you, Jesse? And Jesse is, of course, like spent up, spent the whole night up with a sick baby. And now he wants to get me to give him a pep talk. What am I, a saint? Am I a miracle worker? Oh, uh, Danny is so desperate for t- pep talk that he's like, all right, you know what? How about this? I will get you started. How about this? Every cloud has a silver lining or the sun will come out tomorrow. H- yeah, you want those cliched, <laughs> those cliched quotes, mm, positive thinking quotes. Okay, so Dan, j- blah, 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 blah. Joey, he's feeling, he's like, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it, it's rising, it's bubbling, it's pep! And then he goes over to Danny, he starts rubbing his shoulders, like, alright man, here you go, here's your pep talk. Yeah, he, he goes over to Danny, grabs him by the shoulders, like, Danny, nobody's career goes straight up. You had one rough night. He almost sounds like he's taking out the same gravelly voice as Reggie's manager trainer says, there's always bumps along the way. And Danny, he's eating this up. He's like, this is good. Don't stop. And Joey says, then don't interrupt. The key, Danny, is to learn from all those little bumps. So that you'll be better prepared for next time. Because you will have other chances. Okay, Danny's getting a little bit desperate. He's like, when? I need a date and a time. it's like... It's going to happen when it happens, man. I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I I, can't read into a crystal ball here. I'm not a psychic. Jesse laughs at that. And Joey says, soon. Because you're good at what you do. And you know why? Because you care more about more than just scores and stats. Anyone else that would have interviewed the Reggie the Stan- Sandman would have stuck to the normal interview questions. But... Danny, he wanted to be, you know, kind of make it a little interpersonal, which was good. You know, we get to see a side of the same man we didn't get to see. made him vulnerable, emotional, his breakdown, and then his confidence returning, determination, he's going to get his wife back, he fired that manager, he's done with boxing, he's got all the money he needs for the rest of his life. Retiring, going to live the good life. But... Danny helped him see that. It's like, yeah, I don't need this money. I don't need to continue boxing. And I definitely don't need this gravelly voice manager. Lou, you're fired. And Joey says, you care about people. And it shows. It definitely showed in the interview. He's very, you know, very, you know, caring of Reggie and everything. Like, that. It very, it was a nice, yeah, Danny's, yeah. That's just who Danny is. And Joey turns to Jesse and asks, Right, Jess? And Jesse, who's probably not even listening, says, Yeah, why not? Sure. And Joey even says, You know, and in your own unique way, you helped the Sandman. Joey says, People trust you. They know you're a good guy. And Joey again turns to Jesse, Right, Jess? Yeah, why not? <laughs> and Danny says, Thanks, guys, as he takes another sip of his hot chocolate. And... Jesse said, you know, my favorite part, my favorite part was when the manager punched him right in the stomach. (laughs) And Joey says, I loved it when he brought tears to the Sandman's eyes. And yeah, it's just, I love how Jesse and Joey are just kind of (laughs) going this play by play of the interview and all this stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, that was nice. But the reporters, when they're, the reporters were drilling him. (laughs) <laughs> just like he had pizza sweat going down his face, that killed me. That was funny. And Danny, who's also trying to be a part of this, like, he, that was good. You know what I loved? When I said there was no one to blame. <laughs> and Danny says, I loved how bad that was. As the, as the credits come up, like I want you, tater I want you, tater <laughs> just having. Ah, oh, this is fun. The guys just hanging out.
2: Well, the baby's asleep. Her cold sounds much better. You guys were really great tonight. Yeah, I don't how to take care of the little kid. I'll drink to that. Alright.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't get him. in I can't in thank that. you guys enough.
3: No problem. I really love that little... <coughs>
2: germ-spreading phlegm faucet. You know, when I came home tonight, I was so down. But then I heard Michelle was sick. And it put everything back into perspective. I realized what's really important is my family and my <clears throat> friends. So you forgot all about the nightmare of an interview. Right up until this very moment when you were kind enough to just bring it up again. I was horrible.
0: Come
2: mm. on, horrible is a pretty harsh word. You were, no, you were horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this where you guys are supposed to jump in with a little pep talk? I don't know if I got one in me, Danny. You? A sick baby and a pep talk. What am I, a saint? (laughs) Oh, come on, I'll get you started. How about um, every cloud has a silver lining, or the sun will come out tomorrow?
1: (laughs) Honey, Danny. Healing it.
2: Pep is welling up. It's in my stomach. It's working its way north. It's in my throat and pep nobody's career goes straight up you had one rough night there's always bumps along the way this is good don't stop (coughs) then don't interrupt
0: (laughs) the key Danny
2: is to learn from all those little bumps so that you'll be better prepared for next time because you will have other chances when I need a date and a time (laughs) soon because you're good at what you do. And you know why? Because you care about more than just scores and stats. You care about people.
3: Right, Jess? Yeah, why not?
2: <laughs> and in your own unique way, you help the Sandman. People trust you. They know you're a good guy. Right, Jess? Yeah, why not? <laughs>
3: Thanks, guys. My favorite part was when the manager punched him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it when he brought tears to the sandman's eyes. Now, that was nice. That was nice. But
2: the reporters outside drilling me had beads of sweat going down his face. They killed me. That was fun. <laughs> that was good. You know what I loved? When I claimed there was no one to blame. <laughs> I loved how bad that was.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. So, that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I really Oh, I love rewatching these episodes. It's so fun. Best outfit of the episode. <laughs> hmm. Gosh, I honestly really I don't know if I really honestly have one. I know. You know what? Let's go with Reggie the Sandman um boxer outfit. That was cool. Like the, the The cape coat thing that he was wearing in the box. There we go. That's the best outfit. Because everything else is just like, meh. But worst outfit, I I think I want to give it to, I was not a fan of what DJ was wearing. It was like a, um, like a dusty rose color shirt. And I just was not about that. And then runner up, whatever, the shirt that Joey was wearing just looked really distracting. It was just, it just had a lot of, like, different, like, colors, and it was just not appealing at all. So, <laughs> I'm a blank here. Tanner, teachable moment of the episode is, honestly, look, sometimes what we think are our, our worst traits actually can sometimes be the best things about us. Some things we don't like about ourselves is be is, is the strongest thing about us. And all that. And just with Danny thought this went horribly. If he ha- honestly, I just feel like he did save the Sandman. He did. If he had just stuck to the script, his he won wa- that man would not have known that his wife had left him. That manager would have taken the Sandman and just, like, we're going on to the next fight, and the next fight, and the next fight. He never would have had anything, any contact with his wife, wouldn't have known she had left, wouldn't have known about the TV movie or any. I mean, the fact that it was even on the cover of Sports Illustrated, I mean, clearly it's like complete isolation. Three to four months, guys, that is like a quarter of a year that is a lot of time to not know what's going on in the world, especially with, especially if you're married and you don't know what's going on with your spouse. You don't know if maybe he had been injured while he was training. You don't know any of that. So, yeah. I think that Danny just, he, he did. He kind of fumbled along the way, but he helped this man out. And sometimes... As I say, sometimes you gotta color outside the lines. Just don't stick to uh, the boundaries that you're, you know, forced to be in. So, next week, I am going to be focusing on season one, episode 12, the next episode in Danny's career ladder journey, which is our very first promo. This is from December 18th, 1987. In this episode, The Tanner family is thrilled when they are chosen to appear in a local promo at Danny's TV station. Because at this point, he is still a sportscaster. And then in the week after this episode, um, after our very first promo, of course, I will be, again, you know, covering Season 3, Episode 24, the Season 3 finale, our very first telethon, when Danny and Becky host a telethon for I could have sworn it was like a telethon to raise money for schools, cause Beach Boys are on there and they're saying, being singing, be true to your school and stuff like that. And it just it feels like there was th- that telethon was raising money for a cause. You're not just raising money for the sake of raising money. Come on. So yeah. All right. As I said, hope you enjoyed the episode. I'll be back next week with our very first promo, and then the week after that. Very first telethon. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. All right. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at l uh, p- at omhcfhfh at gmail dot com. Oh my gosh, I keep messing up. O-M-H-C-F-H-F-H-Podcast at com. I always put the episode, the email address in the episode description. Sorry, guys. <laughs> also, if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show support, go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and leave a review for the All My Lanta Holy Chalupas Podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye.